Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen live at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. Send messages to my Twitter page at go4it. G-A-N-T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by one of the stars of The Birth of a Nation in theaters now, actor Kai Norris. Kai Norris uh, plays Jasper, uh, a slave in that particular movie. And, and Jasper, you know, is a part of the whole Nat Turner story and an interesting story, a, a great story, and a story that's rarely told or in a story that you will rarely read in, in, in your history books. But, I mean, anyway, it, it's a great story. And if you haven't seen the movie, get out there and go support that movie. And, again, you might learn something uh, about Matt Turner and that whole situation. But Kai Norris will be joining us. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that film. Kai also, high school football player. So we're going to uh, talk about that as well. And uh, we got a bunch of things to talk about with Kai Norris. But he's going to be joining us in about eight minutes. And as we go throughout the course of this hour, we're going to talk about the football game that we saw last night, Denver, San Diego. And, you know, interesting football game from the standpoint, what's going on in Denver? You know, what's, what's going on with that defense? And then also we're going to talk Cowboys, Dak or Tony. And obviously that's going to be something that's going to be, the Cowboys are going to have to decide maybe in the next few weeks. What direction do they go? Do they stick with the young rookie who's playing some big-time football? Or, or do you go back to the vet and Tony Romo, who, if healthy, is a big-time quarterback and gets it done? If healthy, and that's the key, because health has been an issue for Tony Romo over the past couple seasons. But we're going to get to that. Colin Kaepernick, he's going to start. It's about time. But will it make much of a difference? We'll talk about that. As well, but let's start with baseball. What we saw last night, I mean, we saw a Dodgers team last night that was was pushing and, and, and doing whatever they could do to win that particular ball game last night in DC. Whether that's throwing out your, your closer in the seventh inning, Jansen, you put your closer out there in the seventh inning, expected him to get nine outs. Ultimately, he got what he got seven outs, and then you go with Clayton Kershaw who pitched a couple days before to close it out. Your starter, your best pitcher, your number one guy, you had your number one guy come in and shut the door, and ultimately you were able to get to the NLCS. So you look at the Dodgers and, you know, they did everything 
I mean, they, they did everything they could. And, and that's what you're supposed to do in a game five situation. Obviously, you're fighting for your life, your playoff life. So at that point, you do any and everything to possibly win that baseball game. All hands on deck. And that's what you saw with the Dodgers last night. All hands on deck. And, and then you look at that game, you got Max Scherzer, 20-game winner, rolling along for the Nats, rolling along and, and getting it done and getting it done and getting it done. And ultimately, he ran into some trouble. And the Dodgers were able to get to, get to him, able to get to that Nationals bullpen, and ultimately were able to have a four-run seventh inning, which now puts them in the NLCS up against the Chicago Cubs. And you just look at it. You're wondering. They did so much, had to do so much to get to this point, to get to this position. I mean, you look at game number four. Uh, and In that particular game, Chase Utley with a big-time hit that ultimately was the game-winning hit against the Nationals. But, I mean, Dodgers had to dig deep in that particular game. And, and then it had to fly cross-country. Nats had to do the same thing. But they were able to sleep in their own beds. Dodgers slept in a hotel. But they, they travel cross country, man, and uh, again they get it done. And and I look at obviously the Dodgers going to face the Cubs. Cubs are big time. They're a big time team, hundred plus win team. They seem to have that look, that swagger, that something that it takes to win a championship. They have it. They seemingly have it. But here's the thing: even though they seemingly have it even though they're probably the more talented baseball team, the more talented baseball team doesn't win all the time. And, and so obviously we're going to see what happens with uh, Kershaw and his availability. It could be game two. It could be game three. But the thing is, in baseball, the best team doesn't always win. In football, the best team doesn't always win. In hockey, the best team doesn't always win. I mean, you look at football. I mean, the best team doesn't always win. It's a one-game situation. You can go back, what, the Patriots and the Giants in that particular Super Bowl. Patriots, an undefeated football team. Granted, the Giants got hot near the end of that year. They took that hotness at the end of the year through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. But the Patriots were the better football team. They were the better football team. It's just that the Giants played a better game in the Super Bowl. But the Patriots were the better team. But you see it all the time, hockey. You, you know, you see crazy upsets in hockey because you can ride a hot goaltender to the wheels fall off. You can ride a hot goaltender through the playoffs, through a series and beyond. You can do that. And then you also look at it from the standpoint of football, it's one game too. So the playoffs are one game. Uh, obviously, you go throughout the playoffs, it's one game, one and done. A lot can happen one game. And on one game situation, fluky things can happen. The best team doesn't always win in, that, in the National Football League. The best team doesn't always win in baseball. 
are the Cubs the better team? For sure. Do they seem like the fresher team? For sure. Do they seem like that team that has that edge, that swagger, that thing? For sure. They do. But, but, and it's a big but, that doesn't always matter. That does not always matter. So, it should be interesting to see what happens. But I I think, obviously, this is a cup series. You never know. Maybe Kershaw comes back game two. You know, maybe comes back at game six. Or seven. Who knows? Maybe they can ride a hot pitcher. Who knows? But I think the the Cubs got through that one hurdle, that big hurdle, where which the San Francisco Giants they were a huge hurdle. Like the Cardinals, the Giants are a tough team to beat in the playoffs. They just find ways to win. The Cardinals find ways to win it over the years, and so. They got through that hurdle. It, it took a, a huge ninth inning, down five to two, where you were able to come back and get those runs in that ninth, which ultimately got you the victory in game four and ultimately sent you off to the NLCS. And, and wouldn't it be amazing if, if Theo Epstein, what he did in Boston, broke that curse, and now he's off to Chicago? And seemingly on on his way to breaking that curse with the Cubs, that would be very interesting. I want to go back to the Nationals for real quick. You look at the Nationals. You remember a few years back when they had the best record in baseball, won all those games, and you know Steven Strasburg was move, move, going along and just you know mowing guys down, so on and so forth. But the the Nationals brass, the the organization said, you know what? He's coming off Tommy John surgery. We're going to sit him down. We're we're, we're going to think about the future. And the Nationals did get back to the playoffs, but they haven't haven't gotten out of that first round. Haven't gotten out of the divisional round. That's the thing about life. When you have an opportunity to get it, to grab it, you better take it. And the Nationals had an opportunity to, to, to get it, to grab it, but they just did not take it. And, you know, now another division series loss, another divisional round loss for the Nationals. When we come back, we're going to be joined by one of the stars of the Birth of a Nation, actor Kai Norris. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean it. anything in the playoffs, time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you, you know what? I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. 
I yeah, just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. <laughs> That's that Rossi. That's <laughs> called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- and we're back. Go for it. Talking sports. Having fun doing it. Paul again here. Friday night. Having a good time here talking sports. Having some fun doing it. We're about to bring in somebody now who who was doing some big things. The Birth of a Nation out in theaters now. Nate Parker directed this movie. He's, he's starring in this movie. Did a great job in this movie. And, and this is a great movie. And, and if you want to learn some things, this is a great movie for you to see. But Kai Norris is starring in that film. And we're going to bring him in now. Let's bring him in now. One of the stars, The Birth of a Nation. Actor, Kai Norris. Kai, how are you? Good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. What about you? Doing well, sir. Thanks for joining us. Let me ask you this. Birth of a Nation in theaters now. First and foremost, how does it feel to be a part of a possibly Oscar-winning film? It feels good. It feels very good, I mean, are you kicking yourself right now? Nah, no, no, I'm not. Okay, all right. How much? How much did you know about Nat Turner before the film? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really know anything about. I didn't. Okay. I didn't know there was a slave rebellion. I I thought if there would be one, just out of like common sense, but I didn't really know like there was one, except like the Civil War, which I guess you could call a rebellion. Okay. Okay. And the thing about Nat Turner, it's, it's really not something you hear in your social studies classes as you go through high school. I haven't heard much about Nat Turner either growing up, so it's a story that many have not heard about. So let me ask you this. Now you know about the story a little more. Has it had an impact on your life? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, to be a leader, like, you know? Don't wait right. for something to happen you play the role of Jasper. Who is Jasper? Yes. Jasper was a slave on the uh, Randall's plantation. He was, I, I guess he was a field slave, but like from what I got, it's like he looked like he watched the house. And okay. uh, it, it was one of uh, Mr. Randall's, I, I'm assuming probably one of his favorite slaves. Okay. And uh, well, Jasper, he's like 12 or 13. He's scared, really, during the rebellion. He's just scared. He doesn't, like, he he feels bad. And then, like, there's this point in time where he goes back to his master and tells, and tells like, like, they're doing this, they're doing that. Because he's scared. He doesn't really trust anybody, you know? Okay. All right. We're talking to one of the stars of Birth of a Nation in theaters now, actor Kai Norris. Let me ask you this. I heard when you found out that you got the role in this particular movie, you were running around the house. Take us through that moment. Yeah, I was just happy, you know. I even I, I forgot. I, like I've been through so many auditions, and I haven't made it. Like I just forgot about this one. Like I just forgot I did this one. Really? Wow. So you were just running around the house acting crazy? <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. All right. So, so let me ask you this. You're in ninth grade now, high school. 
what has life been like for you after starring in the movie? How's it been in school? I mean, it's okay. People people call me by my acting name. Sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't respond. Because, like, okay. if you're right next to me, I'll respond to it. But, like, if you're calling for me from afar, I don't really respond to it, you know? Do you feel like you're more known now than high school? I mean, this is my first year. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, it doesn't, I mean, I, I don't really like to think about it. Like, I want to be in a movie so people can like me and have, so I have more friends. Right. And stuff like that. You don't want those type of friends anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Now you're in this movie. You were part of this movie. How was it being on set with, with guys like, well, I should say girls, like actresses like Gabrielle Union, you know, being on set with a Nate Parker. How was that for you? Were you starstruck at times? Uh, at like, I was only, I was starstruck once, like twice. When I, huh? when I saw uh, Nate Parker and when I saw Army Hammer. Because I, right. I watched The Lone Ranger. But sometimes, when I was starstruck by Nate Parker, when we were, it was a scene, and he just had so much patience, you know? Like, okay. well, like from movies, like, you hear about people think directors are like, hurry, 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 hurry. He was like, he was like, it's like he was like, your friend, you know, he cared about you. He just had patience. We're talking to one of the stars of the birth of a nation. A theaters now actor Kai Norris. And I heard, I don't know if this is true, but I heard you've grown eight inches since you guys shot this movie. Is that true? Seven. Seven inches. Wow. That's, that's a big time growth spurt. Wow. Yeah. How was it, man? How is it growing seven inches in such a short time? I, I, I mean, I don't really, uh, it's, uh, nothing really changed. I feel, I still feel like I'm short. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when I'm on, like, playing football, I still play like I'm short. So, like, balls I could just stand up and catch. I just sometimes jump up and I'm catching it near my legs and stuff. Okay. So, you play football, as you said. What position do you play? I play receiver and uh, safety. You start? Not on varsity, but JV. Okay. I'll probably All be right. able to start on varsity. All right. Who's your favorite football player? Uh, he, he, Sean Taylor. He died. Okay. Uh, All right. my favorite Sean Taylor was good. He, he had a nice run before he unfortunately passed away, but he most definitely had a nice run. Do you play like Sean Taylor? No, not at all. I, I have <laughs> not yet, not yet. No. Yeah, not yet. I probably <laughs> won't play like Sean Taylor because I, I play, I like defense, but if I, if I make it where, I'm, where I want to make it, I'm not going to play defense. Okay. So wide receiver is going to be in your position? Yeah, wide receiver is. So who who's your favorite NFL team? Uh, I like the Bills, and I like Cleveland. I like offense, so I like their offenses. They have good okay. offense, but their defense their defense isn't that good. Local. So how did you be, how did you become a Bills fan? 
Oh, I like I like Sammy Watkins. I liked him when he was at Clemson. And then uh I like LaShawn McCoy when he was with Vic. And uh Tyrod Taylor, I like Tyrod Taylor, but I really like Sammy Watkins, that's why I like his name. Okay. So let me ask you and this. I like Kiko Alonso when he was with the Eagles. Oh, Kiko Alonso too. Yeah, but he's with the Eagles now, so I can't really talk about him. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Do you have, in terms, we're like five weeks into the NFL season, is there a team that you think is kind of the best at this point? The Vikings. Probably the Vikings or the Cardinals. Okay. The Vikings mm-hmm. are still undefeated, surprisingly, without their running back and their quarterback. Yes. You could just imagine how it would be. It pro- it pro- I think it would be better, but you never know, actually. All right. So the Vikings, according to Kai Nars, are the best team in the National Football League, 5-0, and playing some big-time defense. Quarterback is playing well, Sam Bradford. So, yes, I, I could agree with you. I think – it's a fair fair to say that the Vikings are one of the top teams in the, in the National Football League. Of course, you got the Patriots as well, who, who are out there playing some big time football. Tom Brady is back, but I think you you can't argue with the Vikings in terms of them being the best team in the National Football League. So I think you're on point with that. Thanks. You've got the birth of the nation going on. What else is going on with Kai Norris? What, what's next for you? Uh, I don't know yet. So far, I'm just I'm just trying to play football. Okay. <laughs> and then football, I'm probably going to run track. All right. Do you, do you feel like this particular role is kind of going to be like a jumping off point for you in, in terms of you getting more roles? Hopefully. That's the goal. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. But, like, okay. if I do get something... If, like, during football season, probably not this football season since it's, like, we're coming to our last two games. But, like, next year, next football season, I probably will probably, like, decline if it interferes with football. Okay. So, basically, you're saying – go ahead. Football. Yeah, I'm saying really football's first. Okay, football's first. And so if anything happens during the football season, you're going to table it until football season is over. Yes, sir. Okay. So you run football and you also run track as well? You play football and you also run track? Yeah, and I I play basketball, but I don't really run basketball. I just do it for a vertical. All right. So in terms of a wide receiver that's in the NFL now, who do you kind of compare your game to? Now? Yes. Well, I try to, when I like when I watch film on NFL receivers, I watch receivers that are like big or tall. Well, so Calvin Johnson is in the league anymore. Probably right. like Mike Evans or Jackson. Because I'm, okay. I'm expected to be that from the doctors. So, I just, like, I, I try to, like, I try to move, and, like, when I'm trying to get, like, off the ball, but I'm so tall already. Okay. So, I have to start playing different. So, you're, you're according to your doctors, you'll get to, like, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. So that most definitely will help. Yes, yes, it will. 
So have you, obviously the movie's out, obviously you've been to, to premieres and all that stuff, but have you seen the movie, have you bought a ticket and actually seen the movie at a theater? Yeah, I just saw it uh, Saturday. Okay. Uh, 4.45 after Malcolm. So what was it like? Uh, well, I already seen it, so I just wanted to, like, on the things I already knew was going to happen, like, I just wanted to see how the other people reacted, you know? Right. Like, on some different scenes, like, if, if they were going to laugh or if they were going to, like, oh, my gosh, or something like that. <laughs> that's cool. That's pretty cool, man. That's that's, that's a That's got to be a very cool experience for you. Yeah, it was. So, fans, make sure you go to the theaters. Make sure you check this man out, Kai Norris, and make sure you check out The Birth of a Nation in theaters. Now, if you haven't seen it, make sure you go see it. It's a big-time movie. You might even learn a little bit as well. So go to the theaters, The Birth of a Nation in theaters now, and support this man, actor Kai Norris. Kai, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you, sir. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Would love to do it again. Thank you. We should. Take care. Actor Kai Norris. Pleasure talking to him. And again, 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 and again. If you haven't made it to the theaters to see The Birth of a Nation, make sure you get there because it is in theaters now, so if you maybe you got a date this weekend, maybe you got you got some you got some free time on your hands. Maybe you got a babysitter. So maybe if you got all those things, maybe it's a good time. Maybe tonight. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe even Sunday. But get out there and go see this movie. Uh, you know, support this movie. And again. You might just learn a little something. So head out there, head to the theaters. The birth of a nation. Appreciate Kai Norris stopping by. Let's go. Let's go to the NFL now. Let's go to the NFL now. What we saw last night: Broncos, Chargers. Chargers, a team that just find ways to lose, make up ways to lose. I mean, that, that, that team just makes ways to make, make – they just make things up. You know, it, it's a new way to lose every week for the San Diego Chargers. Whether it's miss a chip shot field goal, whether it's be up all these points against the Kansas City Chiefs in week one and have the Chiefs storm back, take the lead, and ultimately win the game. The Chargers – issue has been their inability to close football games. And it almost bit them in the butt last night. I mean, you're watching the game, and you're like, are the Broncos going to actually come back? Are the Broncos going to actually come back in this game? Especially after uh, you had the situation there when the running back for Denver, actually his name escapes me at this point, but he broke all those tackles. You know, he broke all those tackles ultimately. And it was a great run. It was a great catch and run by C.J. Anderson. I mean, broke all those tackles. 
and he took it into the end zone. And then you were saying at that point, wow, there's still time, four or five minutes left in the game. And the Broncos have an opportunity in the football game. And then there was a penalty. And then that penalty took that play back. And then ultimately, uh, Demarius Thomas will fumble on a catch. And then ultimately, the Chargers will win. And ultimately, they will win the football game. But as you watch the game, you were just waiting and waiting and waiting for the Chargers to just fall apart near the end of the game. I mean, they were rock, rocking and rolling. And, and then they get that safety, and, and then they got that kick, and then the lineman fumbles the ball. Broncos get it back. They score touchdowns, get the ball back, almost have an opportunity to score again. But that penalty wiped out C.J. Anderson touchdown, which was huge, which was huge. That was a big part of the football game. That was most definitely a big part of that game. But the Chargers, if they can find a way to close football games, might be okay. Because they got after Trevor Simeon pretty good, have a good quarterback, good to great quarterback in Phillip Rivers, who's pretty much done everything but win a Super Bowl and get to a Super Bowl. But he's a big-time quarterback in this league. But, you know, but they've done everything this year in, in terms of what they've done in this regular season, in, in terms of, you know, their opportunities, whether it's a chief game where you, you're up a bunch of points in that game, you find a way to lose. Whether it's a Saints game where you're up late in the game, you find a way to lose. Whether it's the Raiders where you're up and you find a way to lose at the end. And then ultimately you found a way to close a football game, something you have not done throughout the course of this season. You did it yesterday. So who knows? If the Chargers can find ways to close football games, maybe they can turn this thing around. Maybe. If they can find a way to close games. And that's easier said than done. And there's also this talk about Thursday night football. And, and I, I've been on record last year talking about Thursday night football. I don't like it. It's a bad brand of football. It's not an exciting brand of football. It, it's, it's, it's just too close. You play Sunday and you come back on Thursday. The, the body is not meant to do that. The body is not meant to do that. The body... And really, if you look at it, the body ain't meant to play football. Your body ain't meant to do some of the things that these guys have to do on the football field to be successful. It ain't not meant to do it. That's why you see a lot of guys broken, beat up after the game is over, after their career is over. Your body is not meant to do what these guys do on the football field. Just not ready and meant to do but you play Sunday, I mean, these are well-conditioned, highly-conditioned athletes. But you play on Sunday, you don't have much time for your body to rest. If you're a visiting team, what, Wednesday you're, on the, you're, you're traveling, so your body's got to go through the traveling, the travel situation. So you're, you're, 
you don't have much time to rest that body and get that body right and get that body at his optimum peak performance. You need your body where it needs to be in order for you to be successful in the football field. And because, obviously, the short turnaround, the, the play looks ragged on the football field. The, the, the play doesn't look as good as it does on Sunday. But this is all about money. And, and the NFL is going to do any and everything to get money. They, they even have players come out during the national anthem for money. That was all money grab. If it can make money, the NFL is going to do what it's got to do to get their hands on that money. It doesn't matter to the NFL, to the National Football League. Player safety is just what they say. It's not what they do. The, the, the NFL doesn't do player safety. They say player safety, but they don't do player safety. All the stuff that the NFL talks about player safety is a bunch of hot garbage. But I get why they don't it. They're a corporation. They got to make money. And so it comes with the territory. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the NFL is king. Granted, there's a little ratings decline. Maybe that's because of the, 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 the hot and heavy presidential debate that's going on, not the debate, but the presidential uh, race that's going on right now. I mean, that's taken away from the NFL a little bit. I mean, obviously, Sunday Night Football, there was a lot of people watching the debate. Monday Night Football a few weeks back, there were a lot, a lot of people watching the debate. I mean, hate the candidates, love the candidates. The debates are entertaining. They're very entertaining. I mean, whether you love Hillary Clinton, whether you hate Hillary Clinton, whether you love Donald Trump, whether you hate Donald Trump, it's definitely entertaining. And quite frankly, it might be a little more entertaining than that Saints-Falcons game that was on Monday night a few weeks ago. Might have been a little more entertaining. But I think at the end of the day, I think Sunday night football is a bad product. And I know we get 16 weeks of it, but I think the NFL needs to think about pulling back on that a little bit. Maybe eight, maybe four weeks of it, maybe the last four weeks of the season or, or, or something. Because I, I, I think it, it's the, the brand of football that we see on Thursday night is not what we see on a Sunday night. And, and the beauty of the NFL is that it was a week. You saw it on Sunday. You saw it on Monday. And then you're waiting all so long till Sunday. Now, you got Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, a few more days of Thursday night. And then three more, what, three more days, you do it again on Sunday. But I think, you know, sometimes you can be overexposed. Sometimes you can, you, there's too much of it. Sometimes you can overexpose your product. And I think at this point, the NFL might be overexposing their product. And I think the ragged play that we see on Thursdays, it was worse last year. But the ragged play that we see on Sunday, on Thursday, excuse me, it's, it's, I think it's something the NFL needs to look at. They're probably not going to look at it too hard because it's another money grab for the National Football League. It's all about money. It's corporate America. It's all about money. 
and, and that's just the reality of the situation when it comes to the National Football League. But if you're the Denver Broncos at this point, you're four and two, two tough losses. You're coming down to earth a little bit. Your quarterback play hasn't been great over the past two weeks, whether it's Paxton Lynch, who came in for an injured uh, Trevor Simeon, whether it's Trevor Simeon himself, who wasn't that great last night. And the Broncos defense, still a formidable defensive unit, but it, it it's, it's not playing the way it did the first four weeks of the season. This Bronco team is still going to be there. They're going to be around there somewhere. Obviously, you got Oakland, who's on top of the uh, AFC West at this point in time. But I, I, I look at I look at Oakland, and, and there's holes on the defensive side of football. Prolific offense, you know, Crabtree, whether it's Derek Carr. It's a prolific offense over there in Oakland. They're getting it done. They're scoring points. Unfortunately for the Oakland Raiders, other teams are scoring points against this team as well. So even as great as that offense has played in Oakland, that defense hasn't played not good, not good at all throughout the course of this year. So I I think I think this still possibly is Denver's division at this point. I had the Chiefs win this division at the beginning of the year. They don't seem to have that edge that they were playing with near the end of last season. But, again, there's still a lot of football to be played, and, and, and a lot of things can happen in the National Football League. Here's what you need to know about the National Football League if you didn't know it. It is a week-to-week league. So one week, a team can look great, can look amazing, uh, look special, look look like world beaters. Then the next week, they just stink to join up. It happens in the National Football League. That's the way it works in the National Football League. You look at the Buffalo Bills who started the year at 0-2. We were ready to – well, they fired our offensive coordinator. We, we were all ready to fire Rex Ryan. We were ready to run him out of town. And then three weeks later, Bills are 3-2, and two, have San Francisco coming to Buffalo. So the Bills have a great opportunity to go 4-2, and two, and they're right there in terms of what's going on in the AFC East. Do I think they can surpass Tom Brady and the New England Patriots? It's going to be tough. It's most definitely going to be tough. And did you see Tom Brady? Did, did you see Tom Brady? I mean, we're all waiting for Father Time to, to put Tom Brady to bed. We're all waiting for Father Time to do what Father Time has always done. And that is when Tom Brady, age 39. That did not look like a 39-year-old quarterback on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Granted, it's the Cleveland Browns, but again, 28 for 40, 406 yards, three touchdowns, 127.7 QB rating. That doesn't look like a 39-year-old quarterback. I, I don't think I'm watching a 39-year-old quarterback when I watch Tom Brady. I mean, will he get old? History tells you that it's got to happen. It will happen at some point. It's got to happen. 
Father Tom always wins, doesn't he? Doesn't Father Tom always win? It'll win at some point. Might not be this year, but it's most definitely going to win. But it might not be this year. It's a matter of when. <laughs> it's going to win. It's just a matter of when. So let's go now to the Cowboys. And they have an interesting decision to make at some point. You got Dak Prescott, perfect in terms of no interceptions. 4-1 as a starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys at this point in time. A, a football team, an, an impressive performance against the Cincinnati Bengals this week in Dallas. A game I thought the Cowboys were going to lose, but they got it done. Ezekiel Elliott was big time. Dak Prescott continuing his perfect play. And you look at it, uh, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, the, the, Brangle, the Bengals who, who broke down the film of Dak Prescott said he hasn't thrown a single bad pass all year long. Rookies are not supposed to do what Dak Prescott is doing. Rookies are not supposed to do what Carson Wentz is doing in Philadelphia. Not supposed to do it. They're doing it. Carson Wentz is doing it. Tony Romo is doing it. Rookie QBs ain't supposed to do that. But they're doing it. But let's go back to Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. I can talk about Carson Wentz. I love Carson Wentz. I love the Philadelphia Eagles. I can talk about that all night long until the break of dawn. But I'm not. I'm going to talk about Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. And it's a tough situation for the Dallas Cowboys. It, it, it's just a tough situation. I mean, it, it's probably going to break, break, excuse me, Tony, not Tony, Tom Brady's record for most pass attempts to start a career without an interception. He's probably going to break that this week against the Green Bay Packers. And you look at the situation, man, and first and foremost, Tony Romo, when healthy, and I talked about this last week, has, has been big time, has put up big time numbers. But the reality of it is Tony Romo has not been healthy. Health has been an issue for Tony Romo. Age is working against Tony Romo at the age of 36. I think, first and foremost, let's, let's, let, let's, let's put this out there. If the Dallas Cowboys go to Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. This conversation is over. Dak Prescott, this is your team. Moving forward, barring injury. There's no way you sit this man down, Dak Prescott, if he's 5-1 and one and goes to Lambeau and beats Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. There's no way you sit him down after that. Now, he loses to the Green Bay Packers. Let's just say he struggles a little bit. If you look at the Cowboys' offense, the, the passing offense, it's it's not very prolific. It is. Don't get me wrong. Dak Prescott has has done everything that he's needed to do. 
and then some. So there, there's, you can't argue with what Dak Prescott has done. You can't argue with that. But if you look at, he's what, middle of the pack in terms of passing yards. Middle of the pack. 15. Okay? So let's see, he's 15 in, in terms of passing yards. So you look at scoring. Well, you look at, um. I mean, obviously, the passing offense for the Dallas Cowboys, it's done its job. And, and you could also argue that they haven't had Des Bryant for long periods of time. You know, they, they haven't had the services of Des Bryant, who's, Des Bryant, excuse me, who, who's one of the best wide receivers in the game. One of the best wide receivers in the game. But I look at, I look at Dak Prescott. And, you know, I look at him and you look at in terms of touchdowns, throwing touchdowns, Dak Prescott, you know, he's what? 30, 30, 30. So Case Keenum, well, he's tied with Case Keenum, Jimmy Garofalo, and, of course, that's who he's tied with. So he's four touchdowns for Dak Prescott. Four. I mean, those, that, that's not super impressive. Not super impressive at all. I mean, it's not. But how many interceptions does does Dakota have? Dakota has no interceptions. Dak has no interceptions. That's a huge number. Here's the thing: if 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 you're Jerry Jones, if you're uh, Jason Garrett, Stephen Jones, and the whole Cowboys organization, and you feel like Tony Romo still gives you the best opportunity to win football games. Then I think you got to go back to Tony Romo. But, and that's a this is a big Kim Kardashian. But if Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys go to the Green Bay, go to Lambeau, to the and play the Green Bay Packers and beat the Green Bay Packers, this conversation is over. I will not engage in this conversation again. If he's five and one at the bye, he, he can't sit down. You can't sit that down. You cannot sit that down. And, and maybe they're more prolific offense with Tony Romo. That's possible. That, that's most definitely possible. But and, and Dak Prescott really isn't throwing the ball down the field. I mean, you look at the percentages in comparison, Romo to, to Prescott. I mean, Romo, 11% of his passes travel 20 yards or more in the air. Dak Prescott is half of that at 5.2. So that's interesting. Obviously, Tony Romo is a guy who has a little more experience. No doubt about it. He can't stay healthy. He cannot stay healthy. And, and just based off the cap numbers, they're probably going to keep Tony next year. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a situation if they were to release him. After June 1st, it would be $12.7 million of dead money in 2017. Plus, you will have a six six $6.9 million more in dead money in 2018. 
So $12.7 million in dead money in 2017 and $6.9 million in 2018. So it's, and I think, you know, at the age of 36, 37, next year, if the Cowboys were going to do the trade thing, I, I think they would have a market for Tony Romo. I think most definitely there'd be a market for Tony Romo. And if, if they were to do that, they would be responsible for $19.6 million in dead money, but no dead money in 2018. So ideally, if you're the Cowboys, you probably want to trade Tony Romo. But I'm just looking around the league. The Jets might have a level of interest. Ryan Fitzpatrick stinks. Maybe the Dolphins might have a level of interest in Romo. Ryan Tannehill, even though he's got all that money, hasn't been that good. Maybe the Browns have an interest in, in Tony Romo, but I doubt that they're probably going to draft a quarterback. But they had an opportunity at Carson Wentz, but they felt he wasn't good enough. I go on. Maybe. I mean, I'm just looking around. Um, maybe the Lions, Bears might have a level of interest. Um, Cardinals. Not the, well, yeah, maybe the Cardinals. I mean, Carson Palmer hasn't been that great. Um, maybe the Rams. I would say the 49ers, but if Chip Kelly is the coach in, in San Francisco next year, there is no way that Tony Romo is going to go to that system because there ain't no way he's going to be able to survive in that particular system. No way. No way. But I, I just, you know... At some point, you got to move the chains. At some point, you got to you, you got to turn the franchise over. At some point, I don't know if that point is now, but it could be. And if you look at the Cowboys, look at the Cowboys of, of the '90s with all the success they had, with the triplets Emmitt and 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 Aikman and and Irvin, and and then look what you got now. And then you had that offensive line: Larry Allen, two and A, Stepnowski. Uh, Eric Williams out there in the Dallas during that time. And then you, you you go to this team now, Prescott, Elliott, Dez. You know, you're building a triplets type of situation there. And then you got that offensive line, Smith and, and those boys up there, Zach Martin. I mean, you, you got a big-time offensive line in Dallas. You got – possibly your quarterback of the future in Dak Prescott. You know, you you possibly have your running back of the future in Ezekiel Elliott. Of course, you got the big-time wide receiver in Des Bryant, and then you got Smith, left tackle, Lyle Collins, Fredericks, Martin, Doug Free, even though Collins has been hurt. But you got Doug Martin, I mean, Doug Free, excuse me, Zach Martin. You got a big-time offensive line. You had a big-time offensive line in the 90s. You had a big-time quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm not saying Dak Prescott is Hall of Fame, uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's off to a decent start. You had a Hall of Fame running back in Emmitt Smith. I'm not saying Ezekiel Elliott's going to be a Hall of Fame running back, but he's off to a good start. You had a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Michael Irvin. I'm not saying Des Bryant is going to be just as good as Michael Irvin. He's off to a good start. This has to stay a little healthy. But he's off to a decent start. So I'm saying that to say this. I'm saying that to say this. 
Is it time for the Cowboys to, let's just say, let's move with this Dak train. Let's get give the franchise. Let's hand the keys of the franchise over to Dakota Prescott and let him do what he's capable of possibly doing. And, you know, still keep Tony around. It's cheaper to keep him. Or if there's some trade options out there, if you can get some a, a decent pick, maybe you move him on and, and, and fortify that defense a little more. But the Dallas Cowboys, a surprising 4-1 start. And granted, granted, they haven't beaten a lot of good football teams. The, uh, the, the Bengals, a, a team that, you know, many believe, you know, could, um, well, I thought we're a Super Bowl caliber football team. I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati, but at some point they need to turn this thing around quick, fast, and in a hurry. They're in a big-time division. Baltimore is off to a decent start, even though they lost uh, the past couple weeks. You know, Steelers at 4-1, and one, the Bengals at 2-3. and three. They got they got to travel to New England. They just don't seem to have what they've had over the past few seasons. I thought last year could have been their year, possibly. But then I look at that Denver Broncos defense, and you know that that's going to be a, that's a tough team to beat. That was a tough team to beat last year defensively. They they bring it, they brought it. But you could argue that the Steelers would have beat them if um, Big Ben was healthier. If uh, Toussaint obviously doesn't fumble that football, and in the most inopportune time, so in most inopportune moment moment. So, I mean. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what the direction the Cowboys go into. But I, I do say this, and I will say this, Dak Prescott wins against the Packers in Lambeau. This is his job. Tony Romo just got to sit back, relax, chill, and, and wait for his opportunity, which might not come again, at least in Dallas. We'll see. But uh, Colin Kaepernick, He's going to start this week. Um, he's finally going to get off the bench. It's about time they fixed his contract, you know, took out the injury guaranteed, fixed something, sick, excuse me, fixed a few things. And, you know, now they're moving forward. And so you look at um, Colin Kaepernick, I don't know how much of a difference he's going to make, honestly, because that's that's a team that, not very talented. That's a that's a team that you know that Chip Kelly system. Yeah, good start. It was it started out well. It was fun. It was exciting. It seemed innovative, but now it's ah. you know it just doesn't seem like a winning system. It's too extreme. And as I said last week, extremes have a hard time winning in life and in the National Football League. But it should be interesting, you know, what kind of uh, what kind of applause he gets in Buffalo. And I think it also should be interesting to see how well he plays. Because now with the contract being what it is now, you know, he's pretty much auditioning for the 49ers, probably for other teams, mostly and mainly for other football teams. So this is his audition. This is his opportunity to put some things on tape. This is his opportunity to go back and, 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 and turn back the clock to 2012, 2013, where he was exciting, where, where he's putting up big-time numbers, where he's going to Super Bowls, where he's doing, where, when he was doing amazing things. 
with Jimmy Harbaugh as his coach. Harbaugh's gone now. So this is opportunity. This is time. We'll see. Can he take advantage of this opportunity? We'll see if he can take advantage of this time. That should be interesting. I'm not sure if he will, but we'll see. Uh, before we get out of here, um, we got a few more minutes left. Um, and I, I'm looking, you know, Mello, Carmelo Anthony got slammed, putting out their top 50. And Mello's at 15. Mello really wasn't too pleased with that. You know, he felt a slightly disrespected. Blake Griffin's at 14. Clay Thompson's at 13. Kyrie's at 12. Kyrie Irving and Chris Paul is at 11. Um, let me see. Let's see. If you put Clay Thompson on, let's just say Clay Thompson was on the Knicks, and you put Melo to Golden State, could Clay Thompson? I think the Knicks might be decent this year, but do they have a better opportunity to win with Clay Thompson as their number one guy, or as Mel- with Melo as their number one guy? I, I think you will say Melo, Kyrie Irving. And I'm not saying Melo's won a lot. Uh, Blake Griffin, you know, he's had some injury issues over the years. But I, I think I'll still with Tab Melo over Blake. If you ask me if uh, Melo or Blake, I still would take Melo. Melo or Clay Thompson, I still probably probably would take Melo. Melo or Kyrie Irving, at this point in time, I still – Probably take Mello. Mello, Chris Paul. That's a tough one. Chris Paul still that still has game. I think Mello might have. I think I might would go with Mello. So I mean, I can understand why he would feel disrespected on some level. When when Mello's going, he's probably the second pure scorer in the National Basketball Association. Behind Kevin Durant, there's no pure scorer than Kevin Durant. That the man can just score from every in every part of the bass, you know, every part of the court. Post you, Melo can do a lot of things. He can do a lot of things in terms of putting the ball in the basket. So, I, I mean, I can understand his level of disrespect, but hey, who cares? It, it's just a poll, and you know, everybody has opinions. I want to thank – we're about to get out of here. I want to thank Kai Norris for stopping by. Again, if you haven't seen The Birth of the Nation, head to the theaters now and make sure you go see it. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgame, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for can Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash go for can Hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash go for can and support all the great things going on with Paul Gann and go for it. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later.